All right, guys, first off, I want to say thank you for clicking on the podcast to watch this unreal episode. It's gonna be crazy. But anyways, listen, the fucking full send supplements are out. We actually just got off a plane, uh, a flight from Miami back home to Toronto. You know, when you're this busy, you try to use plane rides as a time to kind of catch up on sleep. I popped one of these and they were unreal. Jay, show them the pit. We use these things whenever we need to pass out straight up because we have long days and this shit just does the job. Personally, I don't know about you guys, when I'm flying around and fucking in and out of airports, I feel sick, I feel groggy, I feel like I'm catching sniffles. I can't get sick, we can't get sick. We're fucking grinding out here. You can't get sick either. So, what we got here, immunity booster, all right? This shit tastes amazing, first of all. It tastes like fucking orange crush. It's like a creamsicle. And guys, it's not just sleep pills and it's not just the immunity boosters. There's so much more protein, BCAs, creatine, the list goes on. MBH 15, 15% off any order, supplements.co. Let's get into this episode. They know that I go flip mode when I bust the rhymes. Man's on a different thing when I told him a hundred times. I did a bunch of crimes and none of them were done for the vine. So you can take that bullshit and stick that where the sun don't shine. The summer's up, it's about to get real cold. Late nights in the studio with the bros. What up everyone, we're back. We're in downtown Miami at this beautiful building again. We have manifested this guest since the start of our podcast. So me and Anth are pumped to get this going. There's gonna be a lot of value this one. This guy's a king. Dude, manifested is an absolute understatement. We're so excited. Honestly, a dream guest of ours. So without further ado, let's get into it, let's go. All right guys, we got the last crumb cookies. Before we start the podcast, let's just get a cookie going. All right, all right. I all want right, you to try right. what I feel is the world's best cookies. Ever. It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this. The white chocolate, the sprinkles. What flavor you got there? I got cinnamon toast crunch. Oh. I'm going to go off with this. Yeah, this is right, crazy. Netflix muffin. and crunch. Blueberry muffin. Okay. Mm. Mm. I'm going to make a mess right now. Some cookies, some happy dad. Cookie and oh, happy bad. dad. Okay. Oh mm. my god! Wow, these are actually amazing. Move. This is gonna distract me a little bit. We got some more flavors here for you. Damn. And on that note, welcome back to the MBH podcast. Money buys happiness, presented by Full Send. Guys, before we get into the episode, you know what you have to do: subscribe if you're not subscribed already. Like the video, and there's gonna be a moment when you want to comment. I'm not gonna tell you when. You find your own moment, okay? It's up to you, Vanessa. What's going on here? Listen to everyone watching and listening this. We got, we got someone good here, okay? We got, we got one of my idols. We've been manifesting this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, maybe two years now, I think. Two years. Two yeah. years. So, listen, if you've been to Miami, there's a fucking great chance you've been to one of his venues. If you haven't been to Miami and you come, you're going to end up at one of his venues, all right? <laughs> Live, Story, Swan, Poppy Steak, Good Time Hotel. Komodo. Komodo. The list goes, I mean. The Key Club. <laughs> the list is going to go on. Dave Grotman, thank you for Gecko, coming. Welcome Gecko, to the show. Thank you, thank you Welcome so to the much. show. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Thank you for the cookies. Yes. Enjoy. Last <laughs> yes. crumb, the best cookies in the world. Um, appreciate you take, taking the time. Um, I want to get into like your story from the beginning because I'm super in awe about it. You started at Aventura Mall as a, as a bartender. Right, right. You know the whole thing. I know it. I know it. What got you in love with hospitality? So it's a few things, man. As a bartender, you see the look on taking care of somebody. And for me, it's about hospitality. And when you bring somebody a new cocktail or you bring them a new food item that they never had before, you change their experience and, and you see that look on their face. It's, it's priceless. Yeah. So what was, what was your first venue that you, you started on your own? So the first one I ever did on my own, I failed. It was called Cameo. Cameo. I had been working for a nightclub company that... Um, 
went make me a partner and um another nightclub guy said i'll make you a partner we're opening a new club and everything i did was try to show that old company that i worked for look at me you made a mistake and i failed so badly that they ended up buying the club for me wow. <laughs> yeah because my ethics and my belief system wasn't lined up properly was this in miami it was in miami it was cameo uh they took it over and you fu fully funded that yourself no no i partnered with a group on that and then uh Thank God I had built up the emotional bank account with the rest of the, the world. And when Jeff Sofru bought the Fountain Blue, was opening a nightclub, and said, will you be my partner on a nightclub? I said, yeah, but I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to worry about anybody else. I'm going to do things that I know works for me. Work, yeah. And whatever the other guys do, they do. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, do this one my way. So you have him come in and offer you, like, hey, we're opening a, a club at the Fountain Blue. Right. Everyone Come told in. me it'd never work. It'd never work. It's so far up there. At that time, wow. the 50-yard line was very far down. <laughs> uh, everything was happening around from 1st to 20th. And this was on 40, 41st Street, 44th yeah. Street. Yeah. And they're like, it'll never work. Yeah. But kind of seeing Jeff Sofer's vision of building a Vegas-style resort in Miami where you have a bunch of restaurants, pool activations, the whole thing, and having a nightclub be one of the corner marks of the whole thing, I, I knew it was going to work. I knew if I did what I do... By doing big events and DJs and celebrities and the whole thing, there was no chance it wasn't going to work. How do, you, how do you make a connection like that? How do you get a guy like Jeff to say, hey, come in? So, you know, you, you, build, up, you build up your name throughout, the, uh, throughout your career, and, and when the offer comes, you, you, you take it. A lot of people would have been scared to take on that project, to be honest with you, because it was so far north. And no one really, Fountain Blue, that's like a decrepit hotel from the 50s, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but knowing the guy was putting a billion dollars in it, that's and crazy. I believe in Jeff. So Jeff Sofer's another, listen, there's people that you choose to, to do business with that you really believe in. And I really believed in Jeff Sofer's vision. Yeah, I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs come across that. They're, they need people to believe in them. Right. You know, whether it's for financial gain for their, for their business or anything like that. So what do you think that you were doing to, to enable people to believe in you on that sort of level? So at that time I was doing, not only was I, I ran the Opium Group very successfully, but I was also doing all the big events for Victoria's Secrets, DirecTV, ESPN, Super Bowl, and Grant, and all the big marquee events. Yeah. I, I had a company where we would go to corporate sponsors and create events for them that was non-traditional. Meaning, back then when I first started, traditional means you just buy an ad in a magazine and that's it. People knew by doing events and bringing celebrities and activations together, you're mag you can magnify that message way more for a lot better price. Yeah. And at, I guess at this point in your career, compared to the to the beginning, when you're looking at a partner or looking for a partner, what are you looking for now? Let's say because I don't think you need really the monetary side of things, more of a strategic partner. Or am I wrong? Well, you should listen. No matter any partnership, whether it's a monetary or it should always be strategic. Of course. I mean, yeah. You should never even even on the monetary side. Is that money a strategic money? I mean, yeah. is that a good play? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Money's, you get money from, I mean, listen, not you can't get money from anybody, but yeah. money should be the easiest thing. It's who, who's going to be your partner. So like Pharrell, for example, like right. how did that, how did that, what was that synergy like? And, and what did you guys both bring to the table? So listen, the best part about having Pharrell as a partner, he's just not music. He's fashion. He's creative. He's, he looks at things through a different perspective than I do guys. Yeah. I grew up in Naples, Florida in a retirement community. Yeah. Not that privileged, but you know, not, I wasn't like fighting for a meal. That's for sure. You know, Pharrell grew up in Virginia Beach in an assisted living facility, and he saw things much different than I do. And I think it's always great to get different people's visions on stuff, right, and yeah. views. What gets me excited might not be the same thing that gets him excited. Yeah, there's some synergies, but there's also things that 
he thinks of that I just think of differently. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, like your story and, and Groot Hospitality, when did you know that you had to create something like Groot Hospitality? So uh, I had sold my first company, which was you know Partners with Live and Story, to SFX. Okay. They went bankrupt. But when I did that, I had carved out restaurant and hotel and all that. So I started Komodo and all that. SFX went bankrupt. Okay. Uh, so I was able to get my company back. Wow. And I, combined, I said, instead of it being defragmented with all these different kind of things, let's make it under one one umbrella, because at the end of the day, guys, it's an ecosystem, it's hospitality, and they all kind of feed each other. And as I knew it was going to grow and grow, I wanted everything under one company. And uh, Groot Hospitality was born. Did you have any challenges putting that together? No, because I had just, I, not, cha- not that I had challenges putting it together, I had just done it a few years prior. Okay. Um, and I was excited to do it again. So you guys recently you guys recently sold 51%, 51% to Live Nation. So October happens. October I sell 51%. March COVID happens. Damn. Talk Ooh. about luck. Okay. That being said, uh, Live Nation could be the best partners in the world. You yeah. talk about something that's strategic. I mean, they're yeah. the number one they're the number one entertainment company yeah. in the world. And, you know, to be honest, not, they don't really have another company within their portfolio that's like ours. Yeah. And I think it's so smart on Michael Rapino, the CEO of Live Nation, to say, you know what, I want to bring hospitality to another level at our concerts, at our festivals. And even what, what I'm doing here in Miami, how can they add value? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear all these nightmares, guys, from people. Hey, I sold a piece of my company and I hate my new partner. Yeah. Uh. Yep. <laughs> I love my partner. I love and I love all the people part of Live Nation. I got to tell you, it's such a great company and the people that work there. And they all take ownership in it, which is great. And yeah. it's, it's been, these are all Canadians. Yeah. They're yeah. all yeah. from Thunder Bay. Shout out the Canadians. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out Thunder yeah, Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Thunder Bay. I don't think they get any shout outs at all. I, this might be Thunder Bay's first shout out. <laughs> but to be honest, you know, Mike Rapino has that vision, right? Of yeah. being able to, to put things together. And, and it's just been great, man. Yeah. Th- who initiated that conversation? Was it you wanting so to do Pharrell it? So okay. Pharrell put, put me in touch with Michael wow. Rapino. But you already had it in your head. You wanted to do something. Yeah, listen, he's like, Dave, you should at least have a conversation, at least have a relationship with Michael Rapino. Okay. I sat with him. It was supposed to be like, you know, 15, 20, it was hours. Yeah. We got a deal done a year late within, a, it takes a year to get a deal done, basically. And it's been awesome, man. Yeah. You know, I can pick up the phone anytime. And when I, and everyone's a great partner when everything's going amazing. Mm-hmm. But you could really see someone's real, real colors when things aren't going great. When COVID happened, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people had partners that were like, oh my God, da, da, da. They were like, right away, they were like, how can we help? What can we do? Let's get it going. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of that COVID situation, Miami was pretty good. You guys oh, no, we were ripping it. Yeah. Let's just say, <laughs> you guys didn't shut down for too yeah, long. Yeah. So listen, but, you know, there was an uncertainty for there for a little bit. But, mm. you know, knock on wood, uh, our mayor, our governor, everybody was on target to keep business alive. Uh, yeah. We were very lucky. People, people poured into Miami. They did. They poured in. Yeah. You, you love that, obviously. People coming here. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, you know, Miami's always been a great city, but now it's a dynamic city. Yeah. And it's, it has many more people in it that are going to add a lot of value and strategy to this, to yeah. this city. We've, we've seen a lot of people moving here. A lot of big names moving here. We were yeah. actually speaking to Pooh Bear a couple of days ago, and he was saying the same thing. The energy in Miami is just different. People are moving here. It's sort of... Um, it's now becoming like the Mecca, the hub almost of, of culture at this point. Would you agree with that? Well, cult, listen, 
We're definitely getting different cultures. That's for sure. We've always been, a, we've always, we've always had a Latin culture here, yeah. an influx of that as well. But now you're getting San Francisco, New York, uh, all around the world. And what was cool, it was really just Dubai and Miami, which was open during COVID. So a lot of people fell in love with the city and said, yeah. well, I'm moving. Yeah. What do you think are, like, are some things about Miami that's helped your business succeed to the level it has been? I think by, by, being one of the key holders of Miami, when you come to a new market and stuff like that, because I'm into the hospitality, people feel connected because you're, you're offering them help. Yeah. Anytime you help somebody or their kids are coming to school at University of Miami, can I get them a doctor? Can I get them a haircut? Whatever I can do, right? <laughs> the little things is how you build relationships and loyalty to people. And when they come to a new market, you want to show them what's great about your city. Yeah. You know, listen, I don't just push my venues. I push Miami because... If you come to Miami, you're going to hit one of my venues anyway. So I might as well just push the city, right? <laughs> of course. And I think it's such a great city. It's funny. Uh, we've, we've watched all the podcasts you've done, the interviews. Everyone always starts it off with, oh, the king of Miami. I hate that. I yeah, know. Yeah. That's why we didn't do <laughs> that. We didn't do it. We didn't <laughs> do it. But, uh, but, it, but it was funny because when we had Kyle on our podcast uh, a couple months ago, he mentioned that pretty much everyone looks at what Dave does in Miami. And if you get like a co-sign from Dave, then you're good in Miami. Listen, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true, but do, listen, do I feel like people watch what myself and my company's doing? I, I think they do. And we try to be the leaders in our field like anything else. And, you know, hopefully, you know. So, so in terms of getting a co-sign from Dave, a shout out from Dave, what, what do you need to do? What do you need to do to get one? I mean, there's a lot. It's a, there's a checklist. There's no. <laughs> Listen, guys, I just, I love great people. I yeah. love, I love founders. I love entrepreneurs. I, and even if you're working for somebody, but you have that entrepreneur mentality and I love creatives. Yeah. I think it's so cool being in Miami, being able to meet with all these founders and all these creative people that are doing things that are going to change the world. Yeah. Well, you were just on the phone. I don't know. You were talking about a Pantone color, maybe for a wall or something. I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah, man. So, don't give it away, bro. No, Come hey, on. listen. You know what I mean? Like, it's in terms of creative. Are, are, so, I guess when you're building a venue, you're clearly that indulged in it down to the colors of the walls and things like that? Or Yeah. So, if I don't care about that and if I'm not part of that, then it's someone else's vision. And I mm. really want to be part of that vision, yeah. especially if my name's on it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. How many... How many I guess employees are under Groot Hospitality right now. So that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I think our core is probably 50, 60 people, but okay. with all the servers, bartenders, barbacks, uh, manager, it's probably close to a thousand. How do you how do you instill your vision into that many people? Uh, well, you, you you hope it goes down, it, it trickles down. I think yeah. you set the tone, and the people that are your, on part of your team, as long as they all buy into your vision and what your your DNA is. Okay. You hopefully it spreads, right? It's like the shampoo commercial. Yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of team building, I guess what do you, what do you look for in someone when they're joining in? So I, I definitely look for confident people and people that have that entrepreneur mentality because you want people to treat your business like it's their business, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as you talk to people and you want to see if what people bring to the table that you may not bring to the table. Listen, I have people that are much better at what they do than than I am around me, and but that's how I'm able to elevate myself. You actually mentioned something uh, on, on another podcast about you'll fire someone if they point to a bathroom. Yeah, to me, is that that's true? Is that real? Yeah, it, it yeah. happens a lot. If I, I'm <laughs> eating dinner and I see like a, a, a server or anybody just point to the bathroom and say to me, I show you the way and walk you there, they don't have hospitality. They mm -hmm. don't understand that we're a different kind of level. Yeah, I think that comes from you knowing every role bottom up. Yeah, I mean, I've done everything to yeah. tell you the truth. So no one's going to tell me, oh, I, I, I can't take the, I can't. Take trash. I pick up trash all the time in front of people. I think yeah. that's the best thing you could do. So when you were when you were learning all those roles, did you have this in mind to be this person? No, no, guys. I just wanted to be a leader. I wanted yeah. to, you know, I wanted to excel at whatever I did. Uh, 
and I and I love it. I want to be in a leadership role. I don't want to be the guy that's just asking everybody how to do things. I, I want to I want to set the tone. Yeah. Did you um, envision yourself? I never. Just, I was going to say like never. back then in Aventura. Yeah. When I want, no, or when I went when I was in when I was younger, did I want to be a restaurateur, or own nightclubs, or hotels? No, I wanted to be a fireman, dude. Like, come on. Sure. Yeah, you <laughs> okay. Know, like, okay. No, I really wanted to be attorney. I grew up watching, you know, the law. What it was? What was a law show? Law and Order. Law and Order. All the time. I was a listen. I come from a, a divorced family. I'm an only kid, so I was left alone a lot. And I loved watching documentaries about business and attorneys and stuff like that. And I loved the process. Yeah. Was yeah. anyone in your family like uh, in a leadership role in, in their life at all? Like the same kind of thing you're doing right now? N- not the same kind of thing I'm doing. No, okay. my my father was a banker and a very conservative guy, and and he always thought he passed away this year, but. Uh, he was always really into my business, like, because, you know, he's a very conservative, by the, you know, yeah, to see yeah. what we, what I do is the fun business. It's the complete opposite of yeah. banking. Um, I got to ask about Liv, because for a nightclub to be relevant for that long is difficult, right? Yeah. But, like, you know, we, it goes we, fast. The time goes by fast. 14 but, years is fast. But that's still a long time for a nightclub. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, it's dog years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in Toronto, like, if, if three, a club three gets years, three you got to change your name. They're lucky. <laughs> like, they're lucky. Yeah. So. I guess the clubs are different. But, but anyways, how, how do you think you've been able to stay relevant, like, that for that club to stay this relevant for that long? I think the, the main part is, is the content. We okay. try to put the best content ever going on there, and we try to set new tones on new music styles and stuff like that. You know, uh, back in the day, we had the Dirty Harry Party, which was all the alternative music, which is now pop culture, now Diplo, Steve Aoki, all those guys. Uh, Live on Sunday has been a huge staple for us. Michael Gardner had started this hip hop party not five years after we opened, and we said, "Okay, let's do a hip from the beginning." And he's done such a great job on bringing the best talent in the world on Sundays, and people using it as a marketing tool, not just a nightclub, but as a marketing platform to launch their singles, albums, to careers. And I think that's been a big part of it. We haven't looked at Live as just being a nightclub; we've used it as a marketing tool for people. Have you guys changed the inside of it at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We changed the, it. The... We changed it like three years ago. We, okay. we spent ten million dollars redoing the whole place when we didn't have to. Yeah, stay relevant. That's how you do. But you it. have to, and yeah. you and you want to again. If everyone's watching what I do, I can't just have the old same <laughs> stuff, right? They are. They are, Dave. Um, at this point in your career, are you still when you when you build something new or you have a new vision? Are you still looking for partners? Or are you like you, you know what I can do this myself at this point? Yeah, listen. Because of Live Nation, I really don't need to bring partners anymore. Yeah. But mm. I choose to bring JVs. Because uh, they do add value to us, and it's fun to to make money together with people, and yeah. it's it's fun to go on a on a journey with people and say, hey, we're going to create this thing together. We're all pitching in, and we're all going to make it great. It's it's really a great experience. Minus obviously Live Nation. Do you have like one set of people that you always invest with? Yeah. So there was guys that were with me from the beginning, uh, and I always, you know, again because of Live Nation, I don't have to, but I do. I and I and you always want don't forget the guys that were there for you in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Very important, guys. Yeah. Because you don't know if Live Nation will always be around, right? You know, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I want to talk about your connection with, with the Full Send Boys. How'd that, how'd that come to be? Because you guys are, are real buddies now. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, I had no idea, right? And then um, during COVID, they were spending a lot of time here. We got to spend a lot of time. And then I got to see what they're doing. And the fact that they're able to move people the way they move people, you oh, it's inspiring to yeah, me, their right? Their audience is, yeah. is very loyal towards And then him. when he was starting with the seltzer, I, I'm like, I think I can help a little bit with it. So, you know, we connected them with a couple of distributors and stuff like that. But to watch these guys start a business, this is, listen, there's a million seltzers. Yep, and yep. these guys have crushed everybody. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and by the way, have you seen them pivot? You know, listen, they start off, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're this generation's jackass, jackass, jackass. Yeah, yeah. 
They're not this generation's nope. jackass anymore. They've, they've pivoted. Yeah. And throughout your career, you're going to see, you have to be able to pivot and be able to move with the times. And where people become irrelevant is when they don't do that. And the one yeah. thing about, you know, Kyle and Steve and the whole crew is they're able to make those pivots. Yeah. Is there any, like, pivots that you had to do throughout your of career? Course, that you, man. That, Look, yeah. I was a nightclub guy. I yeah. became a restaurateur, now yeah. a hotelier. Yeah. Mm. You have to, man. What was, that, what was that process like, doing your first restaurant and, and taking that taking that journey of, of being a restaurateur. So if you ask my friends that were close to me, they would tell you that I was going to be dead on arrival. They would walk <laughs> the space with me because if you've been to Komodo, it's, yeah. in a, it's not in the best office building at the time. At that time, Brickle, there was no other restaurants like myself in the area. There was Zuma up the street a little bit more, but not really where, where we are. We had seen that the condo crisis had crashed. And a lot of these units that were going to be for sale became rental units. And a lot of our bottle clients, young professional bottle clients from Live, were moving there. Mm. So I thought, hey, if they're all moving there, why would I not open a cool spot there? So anyway, you walk. And if you go to Komodo, it's a gigantic restaurant, guys. Huge, it's 19,000 yeah. square feet. It's huge. There's an outside. There's levels to it. I'd never done this before. And my friends were like, we love you. And we have all the faith in you. But this one you're not going to do. <laughs> But they invested in me, and they did it because they figured I would, I would be able to turn it out. Uh, knock on wood, it, it turned out okay. Komodo's one of the highest grossing restaurants maybe in the country, one of them. Oh. And uh, it's, it's, we're opening locations in multiple cities now. Yeah. What, what, what goes into opening a new spot? Like a what, lot. How do, you, how do you even come <laughs> up with a vision? Like what's the, what, what's the first step saying, hey, we're going to so do listen, something? So listen, I'm sure like you guys, you go to eat a lot outside and, you, and stuff resonates with you when you go out to eat or you see things or you feel things. And you're like, okay, listen, I've eaten a lot of meals at Nobu. And if that's the gold standard that we all try to get to, then I use that as my inspo to try to get to that kind of level on that kind of food quality and vibe and energy. Um, I think we, we do things a little bit different, obviously, than Nobu, but we have great food quality as well. And I think it's also an atmosphere when you come in there. And I love that people come up to me and go, we never thought you'd have such great food. I'm like, why? Because you're in an atmosphere environment place. Interesting. Why can't you have both? They didn't trust you, eh? Yeah. They didn't trust in the vision. Well, anyone, they knew, anyone it, was, they knew it was a fun place. They just yeah. thought they were going to get, you know, mediocre food. Okay, okay. I hear you. I'm not going to call you the king of Miami. I'm going to call you the king of hospitality. I love Is that, that better? I mean, you like the, that better? The king, the king's a <laughs> um, in, in terms of hospitality, is there anything that you're going to leave untouched, like a like a festival, like anything like that? So, as of right now, I'm not into the festival business. Is there a reason? Yeah, I listen. What those guys do on that kind of level to take that big of a risk for a two day event, yeah. and a lot of festivals don't make money until year three, four, yeah. five. That's scary to me, man. I, yeah. I'm here to make money right away or to do something that's going to be profitable right away. But also, there's so many factors in a festival. Weather, this, that, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, a restaurant, I might have a bad weekend, but I'm back the next week. Let's, let's, let's get out <laughs> of here. Nightclub, year, same yeah. thing. Listen, I don't win every weekend in the nightclub business, but, you know, at least I could fight again the next week. Yeah, true. Give yeah, you multiple true. chances. It's a, it is a huge risk, those festivals. It's just... Yeah. But... At, and the people that, that do those are just, wow. I, yeah. I have a lot of praise for them. Stressed out. <laughs> yeah, listen, we've done the VIP in many festivals. Yeah. We've done the pop-ups inside them. And seeing the work that goes on for the rest of it is incredible. Yeah. It's something you stay away from for now. Yeah, right? it's not. Have, have you done anything outside of Miami? Uh, have I done it? I've done 
events and stuff like that. Okay. We're opening our, our first restaurant in Dallas coming up. Nice, nice. Uh, we're doing Las Vegas, I'm sure, as you guys know. Yeah. Uh, and we're looking, or we're doing the Bahamas, obviously. Pharrell and I are creating a hotel brand within the Atlantis. We took the old three towers and we're creating a new place called Somewhere Else, yeah. wow. um, which is very exciting for us. And we're looking at the Middle East. Yeah. Even, even with Poppy Steak, I want to bring up quickly because we went there yeah. last time we were in town. How was it? Amazing. Man. Unreal. It was amazing. And we went to Nusseret last time. And you guys shit on him. You guys shit on that whole place. So listen, it's not <laughs> that's just what it is. No, but that's just what it is. I'll say it. Listen, I, I said it. You didn't say <laughs> it. Listen, hands off to that guy. That guy has, you know, a, a lot of locations, a billion dollar valuation. He is, for a guy that can't even talk. Yeah, just true. Sprinkling. I mean. <laughs> just sprinkling the whole it's, time. It's amazing what this guy has accomplished. You, yeah. you can't take anything away from him. Yeah. He's created a whole brand. Of course. And restaurant chain. But yeah, if we but have to compare, I mean, I mean, but we were comparing right away. Yeah, and yeah, we were like, yeah, the I mean, food's poppy, better. Poppy's different. You yeah. know? But I want to, I want to know about that partnership that you created there. With so, uh, I'm not sure. So David Einhorn, David Poppy, Einhorn, yeah. Uh, one of my friends oh. grilling the steak in my backyard with a secret poppy steak sauce, and this is a guy that everyone resonates to. Everyone is wants to be around Poppy, and we saw it back then. We put it on the menu at Komodo, not a kosher steak on the back page and a little thing front and center, middle page, big, yeah. poppy steak. And we're, we're selling more poppy steaks than ducks. And I sell a lot of ducks. Oh, it okay. takes off. So it started there. I didn't know that. It started out there. Come on. And, and from there, we were like, Poppy, why don't we do a restaurant together? My friend Noah Tepperberg, who owns Tao Group, Poppy and I were flying to the Tao opening in Chicago together. We talk about it. And uh, at the end of the day, man, we really basically just gave Poppy this platform. And this guy excelled at everything. Yeah, listen, we come in with... Some people here and there, and we and we do some infrastructure. But Poppy has taking Poppy Steak to such a level. Yeah, it's cool because you have like a face of a restaurant. Like it's it's different. You don't really see that very often. No, it's almost like he's like the he's like the mascot. He's like hosting. Yeah, yeah. It's so much more than just you feel like you're going to his house when you yeah. go there, right? Yeah. And you're feeling like wow. And I just love to see how how he's changed the game for that whole thing. Like you know, he has a lot of competition around. Of course. And he continues and continues to excel and come up with new ideas and new ways to wow people. And that's what Poppy Steak is at the end of the day. He's wowing people, man. Even the, even the actual restaurant itself, it's it's pretty small compared to a lot of your other venues. It's only 93 seats. Yeah, I was going to say. But it, it does tiny. more per square foot than any other restaurant I have. Really? Wow. Yeah, I mean. Wow. That partner, that, see, that's a great win-win partnership, right? And, and I'm sure it's kind of what Kyle saw with you guys, right? Hey, guys, the, you guys have a great vision. You have a great thing. Let me, let me, let's do something together. Yeah. Is there ever one of your venues or one of your brands that you have that you're like, hey, we can kind of replicate this maybe in some so in another place? every brand we do, we go into it hoping that we could do a second unit or cool. a third unit mm. or we could grow a brand. Cool. <clears throat> I mean, restaurants and nightclubs are cool, but at the end of the day, we're building brands. Yeah. So you hope that yeah. brand could actually, you know, live past the city. Would, you ever, would, you, ever, would you ever franchise or would it be still owned by you? I would never say never say never yeah. to anything. It, it, it's just, but we like to have the level that we're doing stuff. It's it's not a quick serve situation, right? And people want that personal touch on stuff. Not to say it can't be, you know, done by somebody else. I'm sure it could be, but for right now, we really care and we really want to make sure that 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 experience is perfect. And yeah. and how how often are you checking in to each venue? So well, we check in every, with each venue every day. But besides that, I try to eat at one of my restaurants every night. Uh, I really try. And, and I try to go to the nightclubs, you know, obviously every week. 
That must be tough. <laughs> tough. <That's> <laughs> Every tough. week at the club, drinking or not drinking? Yeah, so I don't, I'm not a big drinker, to okay. be honest with you guys. Uh, the first few years, though, I drink en- enough to last me for many years. Like, I'm so good. <laughs> That's like what we talk about. We came from promoting, and it's, just, it's the same thing. Um, did you ever find that the, the environment being in nightlife was toxic at all towards you? Yeah, listen, there's definitely toxic moments. You know, a lot of times my general manager will come to me like, hey, this host got so messed up, Dave, and he did this. I go, there's going to be mistakes that happen, right? So you kind of got to know that. And listen, as you guys know, nightlife is one of these fantasy worlds, yeah. right? People go there to indulge and to get loose and to let things be and enjoy themselves. That's why whether there's a, you know, the world's not going right, blah, 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 people are always going to go out. Yeah. And they're always going to go to dinner. They're always going to come to Miami. Yeah, we say that too. It's like another world, and and you got to be able to if you're if you're using that to grow your career, you need to balance it out. Like you have to. It's it's a business, right? A lot of people go into nightlife thinking it's not a business; it's just fun party time. And yeah, there is fun times, and I'm in the fun business. There's no question, but there's a balance there, and you have to know that it's a business, right? Yeah. How do you balance family time with with work and business? Like, I mean, I'm lucky enough that my wife. is really integrated integrated into our business. She does the the men, she does the uniforms, the china, the glassware, oh, cool. the, all that stuff. Sweet, sweet. And listen, I, I trust my wife's opinion on so much that I, I really use her as a reference, on, and she's part of the design process. Yeah, um, I want to talk about some of your other ventures too, like sure. Prince, Prince as well. Um, yep. Can you tell us how that came to be and, and how you're involved with it? Yeah, so uh, ABG Authentic Brands Group, one of these great companies, started from Canada, as you know. They they buy brands. And uh, a friend of mine, Corey Salter, said, listen, Dave, we have 50 brands. Can you pick a brand that we partner on and see what we can do? And I go, all right, I pick Prince. But I'm not doing it unless I'm not a partner with you on it. And I want to be the creative director and I want to drive the way the brand's going to go. And, you know, Prince, when I grew up, was one of these iconic country club American tennis brands. Mm -hmm. And I love something that's iconic like this. And can, can it come back? And it's been amazing. Yeah. Oh, so you're just creative directing, creative and owner, yeah. Oh, okay, and owner. Okay, I thought you said you weren't for a second. Yeah. yeah. So what's no. your what's your goal with it? What's what what do you where do you see it going in the next couple of years? So I want to grow the off court business big time, and I want you know now I'm really passionate about tennis, yeah, as you guys know. Yeah. I play every day, and I want Prince to come back to the shine that it had back in the day when I was younger. And I think what's so cool about Prince is the evolution of Prince now. You know, all the cool kids are wearing prints now, which is cool. Yeah, and we're yeah. doing all these really cool collabs and stuff like that. And I think it's so cool that other people get to take how iconic and the heritage of prints and, and make it their own now. Yeah. And I think it's so cool. So are we going to see some prints on the uh, on the US Open and some of the tours or what? So we're, you're going to see some activations. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got to start there. And we move yeah, it's expensive, it. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm playing with all the pro tennis players anyway, so people are seeing Prince a lot. Yeah, no, 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 you're doing a so good like job. So like a brand like these cookies, for example, what right. do they have to do to get your attention and say, yo, we're trying to get Dave involved So here. besides the hospitality, we, we, we try to invest in, in companies that we could put inside our ecosystem. And we also love, you know, young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are doing really cool things that I think we could get behind. And just to be a passive investor is not what I'm part of. I want to be. I want to be a part of it. I want to see if I could turn the needle. Yeah. You know, as we're talking, Kim Kardashian just did two posts of the cookies right now, and I was like, make sure we have the cookie button on to, to sell. And and you guys tasting the cookies and seeing that. I only do stuff that I think is amazing. I don't do anything that's not authentic to you have me. To believe in it. Yeah, and last yeah. crumb cookies to me is the best cookie in the world right now. Like I, I meet with a lot of cookie people and cupcake <laughs> people and stuff like that. Crazy. And none of them come even close to last crumb. How many calls are you getting every day saying, hey, like, invest in my company, join my company. I got to come present something to you. 
I mean, listen, it is a mini Shark Tank here a lot yeah. of the times, but that's kind of what's cool about my about my business. I get to meet one or two, sometimes three, really cool founders a day. Yeah, these people are dropping out of Yale and Harvard to start businesses. If my daughters did it, I would kill everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's it's good you bring up education. I wanted to talk about that because you said you you got your finance degree mm-hmm. and you took off. You said, all right, I'm out. It's, well, no, it's gonna go do title insurance. I said, let me bartend for yeah. a year before. Yeah. Okay, so. Do you think where you're at in hospitality right now, do you think someone has to go through traditional education to get there or should they just get in, get in the industry as soon as they can? Mm. That's a great question. I think on-site training is great, guys. But I feel like, you know, there's people that could do spreadsheets better than me. There's people that could do uh, tons of stuff. Uh, you know, we have to do it. We, we try to assess everything and they're much better at it than me. Yeah. I just go in there and have a sense and say, it feels good to me. I think this is what's going to work. Da, da, da. But there's a real analytics to stuff. And, yeah. and it's a business. And the fact that I can't always do the, you know, look, it took me a while to learn a P&L. I wish yeah. there was a school that taught me about a P&L profit and loss statement before I got to doing what I do would have helped me tremendously. Yeah, I've learned on this on job, but now there's hospitality schools that teach it's you true. this, right? Yeah. Why not learn that going into it? You yeah. save so much time. You think that's something you would have done, gone to like a school like yeah, that? Yeah, I would have loved to have gone to a hospitality school. But who yeah. knew? I had no idea I was into yeah. the hospitality business. Was there one moment that you're like, okay, hospitality's for me? Or was it like a, a gathering? Yeah, as moments? I was a bartender, I'm yeah. telling you, that's where yeah. I, was, I became passionate about it. Wow. I'm curious. I wanted to go back to the investing for a second. Sure. Is, what's the most unorthodox thing you've invested in? That's a great question. Uh, I... What's the most unorthodox? I mean, we, we do Goodles mac and cheese. I mean, that's great. We do Owen's mixers. Uh, daring plant-based chicken is great. Last crumb, uh, moon pay. I mean, oh, it's moon a, pay. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, of course. So That's I play cool. tennis with Ivan all the time. Phase Clan Sweet. just yeah, went public yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're part of Phase Clan. Yeah. So That's I invested cool. in that, that and it huge. went public this week, which is crazy that they went public in this kind of atmosphere, yeah. but they did. Yeah. Um, so it's across the board. Yeah. And what's been, if you can say it, what's been the worst investment? <laughs> so I, we invested in this Canadian water called Oxygen Water. See, okay. Canadian. It's our fault. Damn. And it was a scam. Okay. So they told us that it was doing 80 or $95 million worth of sales. It was really doing $5 million. Wow. It was a lie. It was a scam. And it, the, it, was a full, it was a full scam. Oxygen <laughs> water. I'm going to find you. Don't worry, buddy. I know you're in Canada. We'll go get him. We'll go get him for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, in terms of marketing, we talk about marketing a little bit here. What kind of differences do you see in marketing from 2008 to today? Social media, for it's sure, as media. you know. Is right? it easier for you now, like for your venues to be marketed and your so brands it, to be marketed? You know what's great is people have a snapshot of what goes on inside our venues and they know what to expect instantly, quick. We were able to, to push an event or a DJ or or anything so quick now, guys. Remember, yeah. before you used to have to print flyers, get them out uh-huh. to people on the streets, send an email, right? Remember the email, the evites? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Or a fax or yeah. a text. Fax. But you're, you're very, you're very like on your personal, you're very on it every day on social media. I think you have more stories than pretty much anybody that I've It's funny, it's so funny that it. my team says to me, Dave, can we cut back on the stories? <laughs> no, no more, stories, more stories, more stories, stories, more stories, more stories. The stories. And they hate the repost. They're no, like, Dave, stop repost. reposting. Yeah. All the stories, come on. <laughs> No, no, no. You, you, you seem to be very... Do you enjoy it? Are you, you enjoying yeah, the social media Yeah, I love it. I think it's, it's fun. It's like kind of having your own show. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how we say it. We say people finish work, they go home, and then they watch your story like it's a movie. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like a TV show. Um, yeah. Is there anything in your career, looking back now, that you would have done differently? Uh, yeah, guys. Listen, and that's part of life. Yeah. If you don't learn from those mistakes and do stuff, you know, 
That's a lot. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff throughout my career I would have done differently, and I yeah. wish I could, you know, go back and. But that's not part of life, and that's not part of my journey. So those mistakes have gotten me to where I am today. Yeah. So yes, it stinks, and you know, you've made mistakes in your life, and you hope that you learn from the mistakes. You they led you here as well. Those mistakes, right? Yeah, but listen, to say that I'm a guy that hasn't made mistakes or hasn't messed up is crazy. Yeah, I don't think you get to this point. You know, with a spot like this and the, however many venues you have at this point without making mistakes, it's, it's probably impossible. And guys, if you think you're not going to have, listen, I'm top of my game and I still have hiccups. Yeah. yeah. Don't think just because you think you know it all, or you think you've seen and done it all that you're not going to have, you know, failures. I, I just had a big failure with a, with a diner. Yeah. Not a failure, but it was a learning mistake. Listen, my crowd doesn't like, you know, the diner is not the right thing for me. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be able to pivot and get out of it as quick. When you see something's not working, you don't want to be putting good money over bad over bad just because of your ego. Yeah, that's true. At what at what point do you say, okay, like this is not working? I thought it was going to. When you work. look at the financials <laughs> yeah. and you say, hey man, at some point you're like, listen, but listen, there are things that are going to start, and it doesn't mean they're going to be profitable from day one. But we ha didn't feel the vibe and the energy of people really you know, coming back and over and, and people love the food and they love the service. And all my friends are like, I wish you never closed Winkers. And I'm always like, well, why don't you go to Winkers? And, and <laughs> in the so, first place. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you support it more? Yeah. Um, that's one of those things, guys. I always try to support my friends that are opening restaurants and stuff like that. It's important. You know, everybody wants to try to get the comp meal or like, Oh, can I get hooked up? No, man, you should go and pay for that meal and you should go and, and try to support them even more. So that's important too. How often are celebrities hitting you up and saying, hey, Dave, I'm in Miami. I'm coming to Miami next week. I'm coming to Miami tomorrow. Well, I, listen, it's not just the celebrities. People hit me that Miami is one of those cities where yeah. they come. Yeah. Oh, they're coming. Oh, they're coming. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. And they're here for like three days straight and they want to go crazy. Cra weeks. Yeah. Damn, weeks, eh? What's what What's next for you to do? Like in the, let's say, next 10, 15 years, do you have big goals? Do you have a big big brand in mind, a big vision so, in mind. Listen, I want to keep building the brands we have and growing new ones. And, uh, you know, we're going to do the food and beverage in space. It's space perspective. I think that's going to be a big stepping stone for us. We're, yeah. it's, that's cool. That's in, that's in 14 to 18 months. And I think that's going to be an, another, another new thing. But guys, I mean, I'm trying to build a resort and hotel business. That's, that's cool. a big thing for that's us. That's cool. Yeah. That's the next step. Oh, we've already, we have one hotel and yeah, here. we have two more online coming online and we're looking to do three more big resorts. What's, what's your favorite venue out of all the ones you've done? That's a great question, and I'm never going to answer that. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he's even allowed to answer that. <laughs> Listen, we all have favorites, but to be honest with you, Liv really put me on the map, yeah. and I don't ever want to forget, forget that. And it continues to put me in the spotlight. And yeah, I mean, Liv is a brand of its own now, which is so yeah. cool. Do you think Liv will, will outlive you, no pun intended? <laughs> uh that would be great. That'd be yeah. the longest. Because let me tell you, you know, a, a successful business is one when you, that you could leave and it still works fine. Yeah. Do you feel that you're at that point though, or do you feel like you're still too involved? Nah, to live, live. Listen, lives a big brand, guys. Yeah, it's yeah. a way bigger brand than David Grutman. Yeah. Wow, that's that's heavy. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't even know if I agree with you. <laughs> Give him the question. All right. Is it time? It's time. Is okay. it time? It's time. It's time for the question. We're the MBH podcast, Dave. Money buys happiness. What do you think of the term money buys happiness? I think money allows you to do the things that make you happy. All right. Wrap so it up. So that's a yes? <laughs> it up. Is that a yes? It doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that's the real answer. That's the. I one knew you'd we give the real, the real answer. That's the <laughs> one we really doesn't. Though. That's the one we were looking for. Guys, thanks it. for your time and of hanging course, out. Oh, no, I really thanks appreciate for the cookies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, enjoy the last crumb cookies. Hundred yeah. percent, Dave, Dave. Appreciate it. it. Was a pleasure. All right, guys. On that note, we are right. out.